Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Random Podcast Network, presented by Major Demo Media. We're going to have, you know, Lee, the six foot seven strapping, aging, <laughs> strapping and aging, father of one, to join us uh, very soon. Um, we're also going to have a couple segments. We're going to do a new thing and a little, a little uh, elaboration of a top five game. We're going to do sort of a, not a dad's, but a partner's <laughs> conversation. Partners. Then we're going to get into dad's. We need a partner's theme song. <laughs> partners. <laughs> I think it's the same. just, we have wives. <laughs> <laughs> or partners. <laughs> Depending. Um, and we're going to do a dad segment about baseball. Mm. Yeah. Who knew? We're going to be talking about sports so much. So um, it's going to be hard for you to turn us off for segments that you may not like because it's <laughs> there's so many so <laughs> many interspersed throughout this episode, and we also are going to have the Shibutani Alex and Maya brother and sister U.S. Olympic medalist joining us today. They are releasing a new book called Amazing Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders Who Inspire Us All. They're really, really amazing people. I've known them for some time, almost 10, 10 plus years. Um, excited for them and everything that they do, and we're going to have a fun conversation with them. But before that, again, we're going to talk a little bit about A.O. Scott, the outgoing chief film critic of the New York Times. We'll get into that in a second. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled over easy or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Cooked for Tony Scott. Once I believe he came into Sambar with Mark Pittman, and I didn't understand at all why they kept on calling him Tony. Because <laughs> I had been reading him basically my entire adult life. Right. Um, he was the film critic that I attach myself to. It's almost like your first credit card kind of association. And I think he joined in the mid-90s. Uh, 99, I think. Yeah, 99. Uh, and that was like a banner year for film. Eyes Wide Shut. That's the only thing I remember. Also, uh, well, there was a film with Arnold Schwarzenegger called uh, End of Days, 99. Mm. That was also very good. <laughs> this is a banner year for film. <laughs> End of Days came out. That was the Shakespeare in Love mm. year. God, I love that movie. Very good movie. Saving Private Ryan that year, Ooh. I think. But, I mean, end of days. Make this day really worth it. Make earn, your life worth earn it. Earn this. Earn this life. Earn it. I will. <laughs> Tell me I've been a good man. I was a teacher. <laughs> Why there's not an uh, acting award for us, I don't know. 
anyway. He's been the guy. He's been the guy. He's the kind of guy where you read a film review and then you scroll back up to make sure it was A.O. Scott writing it. I like Margola Dargis a lot. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why I've always had an affinity for A.O. Scott's, a.k.a. Tony. Mm -hmm. And he's never going to come on this podcast. We're never going to speak to him again. And we're never going to know the reason why people call him Tony. What I ought to, you know, why wasn't he just Tony Scott? Well, this is an interesting thing, right? If if that's who you are in your personal life, but then you go by it's it's like it's it's like you people call you Dave. Uh, they can call me Cornelian, <laughs> but you don't go by it's it's slightly different. Nobody you sometimes go by David. But I really like people by, for to call me Cornelius. <laughs> okay, so if you ever when you take over as a film critic, Cornelius, Cornelius Chang. Cornelius Chang. There's probably twenty five Cornelius Chang, Changs in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, at least. <laughs> at least. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about that before, but, man, Hong Kong people have the best fucking names. Yeah, very formal. Benedict August. No, not August. That's my son's name. Um, anyway. Yeah, any, any old school British name is a Hong Kong contemporary name. But A.O. Scott, retiring. He caused ripples for retiring. I think a lot of people in media, film, television were like, is this the end? Is this the end of a... An era. Right. <laughs> and he says now, but if you read it and if you listen to some of the things he said on the Daily Podcast, he says it's the end. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically, yeah, he's, yeah, he is saying, is this the end? No, the end already happened, which is why I'm leaving. It's too hard for him to review things, to find the films that connects with him in the same vein that he loved when he first started watching films and when he was like 11 or 12 or something mm -hmm. like that. We're talking about A.O. Scott and film, not because we want to talk about movies and bad movie or you, but if you haven't read his work, you can always have that. That'll always be evergreen to a degree, but you should read an article he published, I think a couple weeks ago or probably three weeks ago by the time this podcast comes out about why he's leaving. Um, you should read that. And if you are so inclined to listen to the, daily podcast which doesn't end on a super happy note no he <laughs> it does not end on a super happy note i think he is doing he's walking into his last movie review and does not enjoy the last movie he watches i mean he watched 65 with adam driver yeah the dinosaur I, was I, it the dinosaur I, one i think that's again this is it i think good. it's gonna be fucking good <laughs> it looks really good <laughs> but that's the fact that i mean that's not the fact that is actually the problem he's saying mm-hmm uh, a, a movie that is the lowest common denominator, but just done slightly intelligently, mm -hmm. is pervasive. It's an acid that's eating away at everything, and it's making us dumber. Mm -hmm. But you don't realize it, like I do. I have no idea. Yeah. Everything is becoming, I think he talks about just all the, obviously he's talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Obviously he's talking about the big tentpole blockbuster comic book movies and and franchises, and he's saying... Guys, everything is just a quippy little dialogue movie with a different CGI hat on it. We've talked a lot about on this podcast over the years. There are different moments and different fields and culture where they're leading how things might happen. They're, they're sort of at the vanguard of how culture will unfold, how people will interact with the world and cultural artifacts. I've always looked at fashion. I've always loved sports, you know, and... Again, like we had Kevin Clark on talking about RPOs and all of these things. Like that might have nothing to do with anything if you're a chef, a restaurateur, or even a diner. But it does because those patterns 
are very similar. You know, the movie industry has almost nothing to do with restaurants. But upon close inspection, I think it does. And I didn't associate it like I do now. And if you haven't read it, you please stop and read it because I think it's extremely informative. And the reason I say this is still, is even though we're talking about a lot of different things, I think most people listen to us for perspectives on food. And the irony is, is uh, Pete Wells was also on The Daily. If you can listen to that, <laughs> it's not very, I mean, it's, it gives you an insight as to why Pete Wells is reviewing stuff, et cetera. But it doesn't give you insight. It's, it's, it's not ironic. It's strange to me that you get better insights about the food culture and where, where and how we're going to eat, not by that podcast or by the things that Pete's writing, but from A.O. Scott. Mm-hmm. And the article he wrote about why he's leaving, if you just replace movies with restaurants, if you replace Marvel movies and sequels and you know superhero movies with commercial experiential restaurants, crowd-pleasing restaurants, and if you also add in chains and the things that are doing really, really well, in a lot of ways, I think he's just talking about the restaurant industry. Right. If you say Iron Man is pasta, that's like basically what we're talking about here. Yeah. And again, I think the most salient point he makes for me isn't his criticism of those movies, because I love Marvel movies. I even love the crappy ones. The analysis he has for fandom Mm. and almost that zealot-like closed-mindedness that happens with fandom is what is scary. Mm -hmm. And that is both from the creators of these movies and for the fans of these movies alike. And you can see that in food. I think people are siloed off. And if you question something, they attack you. Yeah. The the movies themselves are being made so that they're critic and criticism proof and then the fandom becomes this insular thing where if i if i were to object to something that i'm a fan of if i said you know i didn't actually i'm a marvel fan but i didn't really like that new one you take that as a a, a personal front my quality is lower because the thing i love is is shitty and he, what he's also saying and i don't know if it was as clear as he could make it because if you were making this analogy i i would imagine if i was starting a restaurant as a chef i was like fuck you man I'm doing independent, I'm like independent, I have my point of view, and it's going to make a difference. He's not saying that's not happening in cinema. Mm-hmm. He's not. And he's also saying that they're streaming, there's just more choices for, you know, you can make a lot of parallels. So many options at your choice. When he's describing that, that's like an app, this, food app, this right? Is the, this is the shit that, that hit home strongest for me. Because if you listen to this podcast and you listen to the things that you have said over the last couple of years, just about what you are hopeful for, right? You like newness. Novelty, not novelty, like gimmicks, but just something that's going to stir you in the way that your first experiences with something did. He talks about that. He says, like you said, he his first experience with the cinema was being left to his own devices, walking around Paris, just watching movies, just being blown away by all this old American cinema. And he is, he, to your point, he's not saying that people aren't making these movies. He's saying it is happening and people are making beautiful fucking shit. But the big- but Moving the, stuff. But the system and the culture is making it impossible for that to reach people. So the example he gives is, it used to be, oh, there's a new print of this movie. It's in the theaters. It's an event. I'm going to go out and, and go and see it. Now, with so much streaming, the effort required for me to watch, and this happens every single fucking night for me. The effort it takes for me to watch something I know will be interesting and good and new and enriching and blow my hair back versus putting on the West Wing again 
right. insurmountable. Insurmountable. There's some like, you know, old black and white Bergman movie that I know is going to be amazing and change. That my is not world something view. that you want to watch. I'm not going to put it on. It's going to be an irritant, quite frankly. It's going to be a pebble in your shoe, but for your brain. Yeah. And you know you need to watch it. But you're like, I got it on Criterion. I, I it's I actually own it now, and it's right. there. Or to bring it closer to food, oh, I know about it, and I can talk about it as though I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, I've been there a thousand times, or I don't need to go. It's like, oh, like, and that to me was, again, really hit home. He's talking about restaurants, in my opinion. He's not, even though he's talking about cinema, he's talking about restaurants that are different, mm-hmm. that are challenging. And that's the thing. There's dining and then there's eating. Yeah. I love fucking eating. And that's comfort food. That's all that stuff. And I'm as guilty as anyone else. And I think the way I internalized it is dining is leaving. And the dining that is happening has become not formulaic per se, but yeah, in some ways, like you can make a film that you know is going to be an Oscar caliber contender, right? No offense to the whale, but like you knew that was going to be a fucking Oscar finalist. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fucucking watch it. But simultaneously, it's like, is that the movie that I need to watch? Yeah. You're forcing yourself to watch it. Again, in 2023, you have the option not to do that. And with so many choices, like that's available. And I think that is what is eroding our cultural creative intelligence and awareness because there's, we're, we are becoming the people at the end of Wally. Yeah. You know, scooting around eating, nothing uncomfortable. And that, I mean, people are going to object to this. They're going to say, why should, why would I ever want to dine if part of dining is discomfort? But it's not just, I guess discomfort isn't exactly it. It's something that's, you said it, it's going to challenge you. It's going to change you a little bit. It might change your tastes. And that is work. And it doesn't necessarily have to be fine dining either. It no. can be something that, again, if you are an ambitious chef today, I understand and I'm guilty of it. Again, the hypocrisy here is great. Please understand that. I am wildly, I'm contradicting myself. My actions versus what I want to happen. That's called being human. If a, somebody wants to make a name for themselves and make a serious restaurant, inevitably it's going to be a degustation menu. Or it's like something else. Like I'm just saying like whatever you think of, it doesn't have to be the food that you're making. It could be how you're serving it as well, what it actually is. And there's not a price point on that. Something that's challenging. And challenging can be delicious, but it's not always the same. Everything's sort of fitting the same paradigm. And there's the sameness. And again, the good movies that are meaningful to him don't have the impact that they used to. And he uses the example of Freddie Got Fingered with Tom Green, which is a perfect example. Um, Polarizing figure. He used to be on MTV. I liked him a lot. He was very abstract and absurd. And he has this ridiculous movie. And you wouldn't think that he was positive about it. But he was. He's like, go watch it. To me, that is the difference between a movie critic and, like, say, a food critic where they have the bullshit concept that I'm writing for the fucking diner, potentially. That's bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit because it's like you're writing for the same kind of person over and over and over again, which is either at super fancy restaurants for the most part. And, yeah, now everyone wants to be fucking Jonathan Gold. Big fucking surprise. <laughs> Guess what? I'm telling you right now, that Pulitzer's not fucking coming. <laughs> yeah, everybody's trying to be Jonathan Gold because they think that is how you accomplish this. And I can make a change. I'm happy that's happening. But the 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 impact of restaurants or movies that can change the conversation 
They are happening. I'm telling you right now, they're probably happening everywhere, but, you know, it's not going to resonate. What do you think about him hanging it up then? Is he... I mean, it's not his job. He is not the movies. He's done it for so long. And he's leaving specifically. He's not saying, if you read these articles, you listen to talk, there's none of this really where he's saying, this is a personal thing. I'm tired. I see too many movies. The job is too much of a slog. I don't it's an indictment anymore. He's on saying, culture. I don't want to review, criticize movies anymore because movies suck. Well, again, he's not saying movies suck. He's saying the culture sucks. The culture sucks. The culture around cinema and movie watching sucks. It's not beautiful anymore. He doesn't love it the way he used to love it. Yeah. And listen, I, I can empathize. I think a lot of people can in your respective fields. If you think about why you did something that was that deviated from the norm, you did it because it kindled some kind of passion, some kind of spark, some kind of joy that nothing else could match. And for him, it was film. For me, it was, you know, the wonder of artistry and craftsmanship in a restaurant. Again, it doesn't have to be super high-end. I can marvel at a small grandma in a hutong in Beijing, like she's fucking Spider-Man, <laughs> just taking pasta, not pasta, like noodles, and just like magically just stretching it with no effort whatsoever and making a beautiful broth and all these things for like 25 cents. Yeah. I don't know. And I think the desire to sort of now tell all these other stories that haven't been told are now trying to happen at such a high clip that it doesn't have the impact anymore. It's hard. I, I, the one thing I would say, and I know this show is not known for standing in defense of food criticism, I would imagine, I can guarantee that there are food critics who feel this same frustration, who are saying, I wish me writing about this these interesting places mattered, but my editors don't care because nobody wants to click on it. It doesn't matter. I can't get people to come to the places well, you Wills, want them to come Wells to. Well, Wells already said it. He was pressured to bring back stars. Mm -hmm. I thought his reviews without the stars were his best fucking reviews. Yeah. Really. And it was impactful because he was supporting restaurants, mm -hmm. not as a diner. Listen, I think there's two Pete Wells. Pete Wells, when he was at Food and Wine and Details Magazine, when he was writing food, fucking awesome. Pete Wells, as a critic, he's gone through this journey where it was very exciting, and then he fucking clearly hated his job <laughs> for years and years and years. Yeah. Everything was a two-star, 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 and then the pandemic happened, and then, like, there was a spark of joy again, and you can see that in the writing. It's a fucking fabulous writer. But I was listening to the podcast on The Daily, and I wish the New York Times didn't have a star, but that's what people want. And that's what the New York Times wants. Right. They want something that's reductive and distilled. So, because that's what fucking sells. So that's that's what I'm sort of driving at is the culture, if the culture around movie watching and movie going sucks right now, so does the culture around You don't say. Dining, you know. But what do we do? We can't just, can you just walk away? Like, can, should critics of food just walk away? I don't think it's, to me, here's the interesting thing for me, and you could disagree. When A.O. Scott's writing about this, you've replaced movies with a variety of restaurants, whether they're Marvel-like restaurants or something that's independent. I don't think – when you replace Tony Scott, you don't replace him with a movie critic. You replace him with a chef. And that's how you can view it. And I know for a fact that's how a lot of people in the industry feel like that have been in the in-between generations of the old – super fucking intense French old guard and the new generation of openness and enlightenment. 
And there's a lot to learn there in both sides. I know though, for because I have these conversations, that people are tired. Mm-hmm. Wait, what do you mean when you say you replace Tony Scott with a chef? Do you mean if you if you w- read it and if you now make the analogy, the parallel, if you replace movies with variety of restaurants, and if you read that book, uh, the essay, right? Each time he says movie, you can replace that with a certain genre of restaurant. Mm. And if you replace I with a chef or a restaurateur or somebody that's in that middle generation, mm. like Tony Scott, who started cooking in 99, I mean, uh, I, you see, I already did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I, I was started cooking professionally, same mm-hmm. age he started reviewing restaurants, even though I think he's like 15, 20 years older than me. That period of time where you're, it, the beauty of the 90s, into where we're at today, that's 24 years, 25 years, a quarter of a century, a lot has happened and a lot has changed. So if you are started cooking over the past five, six, seven years, none of this shit matters to you and it shouldn't matter to you. And it's just as rosy and bright as it should be. But I think there's a certain group of people that have been in the business long enough that are like, wait, I love it, but why can't I love it like I used to? Mm-hmm. And I think it's natural to say that. And I think it's bullshit to be told you can't think that way. Hmm. See, what I thought you were saying, though, was you, if you put a chef in the, in the first person of this <laughs> article, this goodbye to food article, uh, it makes absolute sense. The same frustrations he's feeling are the same frustrations a chef from your same generation feels. But what I thought you were saying was instead of an independent critic – Let's either bring somebody from outside the world of cinema or let's bring in a movie, a filmmaker. Let's have Quentin Tarantino just talk about the movie. I think that that is the next generation, the next evolution. And I'd also add me talking about a certain group or certain way of thinking, much like A.O. Scott is, that is a product of trying to, I'm not say evolve, but it's a sign of fucking age. And it's no different than grandparents saying, turn off that fucking rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. This is a different, more, you know, mm-hmm. bespoke way of saying it, I think, yeah. in the same same universe. Yeah. And it's much ado about nothing. And while people might care for a little bit, no one's going to give a shit about him leaving. Everything's going to just move on and things going to evolve. And I don't know if everything's going to be better or not. People still watch film. There's been talk about, oh, cinema's dead. No one's going to go to the movie theaters. Well, there's been a lot of existential threats to restaurants. People aren't going to go to restaurants anymore. People are going to do this. It's all, yeah. the, the parallels are there. And I'm not saying I have the answer or anything. I'm simply saying, like, I can see a lot of parallels between this article, what he's thinking about movie culture, from what I understand, to my world and food. And I think that you know, you can easily disagree, but that's the thing I want to say. Let's have that disagreement. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's have nuance. Let's wrestle with this. Let's let's get to a different perspective together instead of just outright it's like, oh fuck you, you're wrong. <laughs> Again, I'm just as guilty as anyone else doing that. But I think it's a way of thinking to be not critical, but more thoughtful. Without, you know, mental blanket statements, you know? Yeah, I think, I'm just, my mind is racing about all of this. I think that there's there's a, like, when A.O. Scott or any, when Phil Criticism began, when he fell in love with movies, you know, the the world of movies was smaller. And and I just think it's the same thing with food where the bubble is burst now. 
and there's always going to be big Marvel sized restaurants. But maybe the world of food criticism and the world of smart restaurants, cool, interesting new restaurants, has always actually been smaller than we thought it of course. was. And so, you know, part of it is just the system of of like keeping this expectation that there's going to be you've got to review the biggest movie. Nothing A.O. Scott says about the Avengers is going to affect how much money the Avengers makes. It doesn't matter. And also, it's like, again, there's more options. There's more options in viewing things than there were before. Growing up, there was like five channels. This was the other, this was the other huge thing with food. I was thinking about the parallel with food was just there are so many options with food, too. It's so much easier to order from a delivery app than it is to hoof it across town to go to the place that you're not sure about, you've never you've never been to, and you don't know the cuisine. It's impossible to bring yourself to do those things. You and I talk about it on this podcast all the time. It's paralysis of choice. Yeah, and when you're paralyzed, you're going to default to... The easiest the thing. easiest thing. So, you know, um, my mind, again, as you say, mind is racing. I think it's thought-provoking for me. I also think it's like, it's not a perfect analogy and that's the intro. I'm not trying to say movie criticism is food criticism. That's actually what I'm not trying to say. No. It is the consumption of it yeah. that is the same. And film is different because there's two things that could happen. I can watch a movie and I can disagree with him. I can disagree with him because I now have enough experience in my life to be able to confidently have an opinion about something that he wrote, and I can say, you're fucking wrong. And that's one thing I, I always like to do. The other thing is, wow, this guy's fucking smart, and I had no idea that that was a parallel to this, this, and this, and it's opening a doorway, and maybe it's going to encourage me to watch two other films because I don't know the reference point he was talking about. You were talking about when you were in school, like T.S. Eliot. You have to read Pound to understand Eliot, blah, blah, blah. You right? have that choice. Mm-hmm. You're not telling you read it. It's just like, hey, it's this, isn't this. That is something that cinema and visual arts will always have over food. And that's why you cannot make that comparison because, and that's where the fault of, I think, the, the, the Achilles heel really of food criticism is, is it is an ephemeral moment in time. And I don't give a shit if you go to that two, three, four, five, six times, you can get a sense of it being the same more or less. But like when you write a review and, 2006 is going to be different than 2008, et cetera, et cetera. Like I say, like people don't eat reviews. There might be bad years. There might be good years, like a sports team. So like to give a bad review to, to a movie, it's never, it doesn't have the option to get better. The, the, the director could make another fucking film, but if it's a disaster, there's not going to be a sequel. Maybe that director doesn't get a chance. And I think majority of directors only get opportunity to fucking direct one fucking film. Whereas a restaurant, if it stays in business... That story changes every fucking day. And you have an option. It has, it can flat, it can stay the same, keep the status quo, get worse or get better. That's it, yeah. It's an, a living, breathing organism. And that is ultimately why I have a love, but more hatred of food criticism because it causes people to think in small ways. Because I think they think of it as a movie when it's theater. <laughs> different actors, different performances every day. Who knows what's going to happen? Someone's sick. Something goes wrong. God, having a restaurant's fucking hard, man. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking how hard it is. That's and I'm insane. always going to try to defend that. And I listen, I, 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 I love food criticism too, but I thought it was more effective during the pandemic than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, 
it's a little bit more opinionated. And the other thing is this, like, I don't, I don't need, if A.O. Scott watches, what's a movie that, for example, if he reviews The Shining or uh, Clockwork Orange or any of Kubrick films, mm-hmm. well, like Kubrick's not the best example because it always like was polarizing until 20 years later. But um, what's a fucking unanimously amazing fucking film? Uh, Apocalypse Now? Yeah. Or Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun. Top Gun. Fine. Well, no, that's not it either. Let's say everything everywhere at once that everyone sure, loves. Sure, sure. A great a, movie. A, a film. I don't need him to tell me it's fucking good. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't need him to tell me Asian American perspectives. Because mm-hmm. you know what? He fucking can't. Mm-hmm. That should actually run parallel to a restaurant critic who shouldn't write about Japanese food. Or at least be forthright, be like, I don't know shit, but I think it's delicious. I don't need somebody to tell me something is good when it's good on cinema. And I don't think the dining public needs anybody to tell them a restaurant's fucking good because social media is going to beat them to the fucking punch. Social media completely revolutionized fashion and it's in fucking total chaos and anarchy began because it disrupted high-end fashion. You could, people start copying things the day a model runs down the runway. It used to be a nine-month thing. So, like, criticism has not kept up with the current day of how we consume food, both mentally and, like, how we eat it. And I don't know if that makes sense to people, but that's how I internalize it. It just is what it is. So, like, I think we're in the need for some kind of change. I don't know what it is. Maybe it doesn't happen, but, you know, it, it just needs to – I don't know what it is, but but – it hasn't kept up with the times. I don't need any. Do you need any critic to tell you this is a good restaurant? No, <laughs> I don't need that. I'm, 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 I'm wondering what you said though about. I, I think none of this is fully formed, of course, but I do need A.O. Scott to tell me about the magic of Ukrainian cinema that I never knew was a thing. Yes, I do need him to tell me to have watched all of, not not anymore, but it, you needed a film critic to be the first one outside of Japan to watch all of Kurosawa and tell you that it was going to be great. But the difference may be that they did the work. They watched so many more movies than I did. Which is- uh, again, we talk about this a lot. You can't write about sushi. Mm-hmm. Like you can write about Ukrainian yeah. cinema. Right. You just can't. And again, there might be certain degrees of not understanding esoteric parts of that culture. But for the most part, you can. I just don't think you can for all cuisines. It's, just, it, it's a physical impossibility Unless you're like Thanos with Infinity Gauntlet. Right. Yeah. No, I think I think I think that's it. I think that uh <laughs> I'm trying to think of the actual parallel, but it's it's you don't yeah, you don't have the fluency to talk about this greater form of art over here. You know, it's like it's it's trying to talk about sushi not having any fucking idea what you're talking about whatsoever, right? It it would be like Or again, projecting the image that you do. Right. Right. Yeah. But again, I don't need, but who needs somebody to tell a restaurant's good? Like, I love it, which is why you're seeing this move towards pragmatism. I, again, you're seeing that, I think, in media, what is useful. I think when critics are trying to discover things, that's what Jonathan Gold did. And he changed. And listen, I had my fucking beef with him towards the end, but you cannot take the fact away that 
he's never been replaced. Nobody's really covering the fucking SGV or, you know, yeah. LA Taco, God bless them. They're doing the fucking work, but not, they're only one organization. So again, if you're going to discover things, great. But I think that's harder than ever. Well, that was, so here's something that just occurred to me about Jonathan Gold and why it doesn't work is when Jonathan Gold started doing what he did, everyone, you know, the, the, the gold style review, he set himself a goal that was based around educating himself, which was I'm going to eat at every restaurant on Pico Boulevard because I need to educate myself. Now, everybody today thinks Jonathan Gold's, they can become Jonathan Gold after he had been doing it for 30 years. I can speak with authority on this restaurant that I went to because I saw it on TikTok. Like, that's not what he did. I know he did the work. Yeah. And I don't have to get into a lot of my problems. Sure. With All that it, aside, but he started from a place I know, I remember when we had a deep conversation about Korean culture. Mm-hmm. And I was, I remember being like, holy fuck. This guy gets it. He understands. He has a deep understanding of Han. He has a deep understanding of the relations between Japanese and Korean culture. He has a deep understanding of the peninsula at large. And I'm like, oh, like, how the fuck do you know all this? He's like, I read. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, man, he's probably doing this for everything. I'm not saying other people don't. And, man, these guys that write about food, they're some of the best writers and brightest minds. They really are. To me... I guess at the end of it, we're talking about the place we are in culture right now and the the limits of what food criticism can be. That's it. So if you're like, would these guys shut the fuck up? That's all. You can just, we got to tell people at the beginning, just fast forward 30 minutes. <laughs> Take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. We're about to talk about something that we haven't done in a format that we're going to call top five. We've talked about top five, but we've weaponized it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What are we doing? Do you want to set the stage for this top five? You got to set the stage with a little preamble, I think. I got thinking. That's a stupid sentence. I got thinking. Honestly. Honestly. To be honest, for the first time, I was thinking. (laughs) I make analogies and comparisons to everything to better understand my planet because I'm sort of like culturally dyslexic, right? (laughs) And I was trying to make comps for cuisines 
and countries from around the world to NBA players, clearly because I listen to a lot of The Ringer, and I love it when Bill has these like conversations about basketball and its reference point to who's the best and all of these things. And I've always wanted to argue, not necessarily about chefs, but like food. Like that's the, that's the how you talk. That's like what what if. And we've talked about the desserts of Asia quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You're must if you're fans of red bean. Uh-huh. They fucking suck. <laughs> that's my opinion. It's like uh, like when people put on uh, their social media handles. These views do not reflect <laughs> <laughs> anyone else. When I say they fucking suck, I can already see the headline. <laughs> Chef David Chang fucking right. hates all of fucking Asian people's food. So no, that's not true. I don't like them because I don't like red beans because of being forced to eat it. And then I tasted ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I'm a competitive person and I... I with my chef friends that might be Italian American or French or Chinese, inevitably we're just like, who's best? Who can do whose shit is the best? Right. And you can compare that to football teams, soccer teams, the ability to just argue in a fun way that's constructive. And I got thinking, Shaquille O'Neal is probably my favorite player of all time. I love him. You know, he just had a hip replacement, wishing him wishing him the best. I almost want to eat Papa John's right now. I almost want to get Dr. Scholl's right now. I almost want to go to the General Dollar Store right now because of Shaquille O'Neal. I think he's one of the very best players of all time. Mm -hmm. I think that's easy to be said. But I can't put him in the Michael Jordan, LeBron, James, Bill Russell world. Why? Because he couldn't shoot free throws. (laughs) Uh And I was like, oh, you know what fucking... Again, I'm not, I'm being extremely reductive here. Surprise. In aggregate, the cuisines of Asia or any of the Asian countries are like Shaquille O'Neal. Dominant force, fatal flaw. Yeah. And if Koreans invented puff pastry and it's not like they didn't have dairy, like they everyone had dairy. Mm-hmm. It pisses me off that somebody in Europe figured that shit out first or Whatever. Maybe it happened in antiquity in China and someone in China invented it. But guess what? Like, until someone figures that shit out, that area is owned by other people. Right. Let's just say we invented ice cream. <laughs> Fuck, man. Or Japan invented ice cream. Uh-huh. And before anybody starts to say, well, Japan has the best desserts. What are they making? French food. French desserts. Uh-huh. If I see another burnt bass cheesecake, Koreans just invented that shit. If Vietnam, you know, like there's just on and on and on. And we just don't have that culture of sweets. There's a lot of cultural issues to why that happened. And listen, I've always said it's nice and I've always used this and I'm just straight. I've straight been fucking lying in the past. I'm just coming out again, just saying it. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate getting fruit for dessert. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's like figs on a plate shit. I fucking hate it. And the other version is like some rice shit, rice thing with red beans or some kind of right. other nut thing right. or some mean, kind of jelly. Right. Which in it's 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 like a real beer goggles moment when you get that little that little uh, 
and I force that myself like rice. this is good. No, I'm just telling you. No, that's exactly. No it. more forcing when myself. You get that little rice dumpling filled with sesame paste in like a little uh, fermented broth, and it's sitting in front of you, and you bite it, and it's not vile. You're like. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's really good. good. That's some beer goggle shit oh, right that there. Pineapple, that, that, that pineapple thing was really pretty good. Yeah, right. You know, what's, you know what would be better? And I love black sesame. I fucking love it. <laughs> I love panda. I love it. But you know what would be better in those fucking rice balls? Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate, like, black sesame. Chocolate, black it's sesame. Like, it's fucking... If black sesame is truly better... Then why are they not selling black sesame candy right. bars everywhere? When I see those desserts, I, I always think of that like social media meme where it's like, it's a two, but it's in a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> it's, it's a nine. You know, <clears throat> Binsu, the Korean shaved ice. Oh, yeah. Guess what? You know the ones that are really good. They have, they have ice, ice cream, cream on the bottom. bottom. Yeah. The ones that you have to eat around all the weird grass jellies and stuff. <laughs> And push them off to the side, the beans and you know grass. The tayakis that are now happening. Guess what? It's made with croissant dough mm-hmm. or it's filled with a and vanilla f- custard. Or filled with ice cream. Or ice cream. <laughs> so yes, Asia now has spectacular desserts. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the genesis of it all to some degree, and I don't like saying this, guys. I don't. Exactly hard for me to even utter this. These words, if I had to make a top five of well-rounded best players, like we're talking about the best players of all time. Five tool. Five tool. They, from top down, the holistic vision of their cuisine. I don't think any country in Asia makes the top five. Any country? No. It dawned on me because I would always say like fucking Korean food, Japanese food, Vietnamese food, Cambodian food, all of it. Amazing. Amazing. Mm. They'd make the they'd be part of the best team ever assembled for sure. But what's our song about the best fucking player? I I don't want to say this, but I don't think any Asian country can make the top five. This is a top five list of the best fucking most well rounded cuisines, and I, I'm, I'm I'm like beside myself. Can a single Asian country crack the top five Mookie bets of food? And have Boston trade him for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> And you're talking about, okay, so let's do a top five, but one one question about that. You can get amazing desserts in Japan. I think you can probably get amazing desserts in Shanghai, in Beijing, but you're getting not Chinese or not Japanese desserts, right? Like we're talking about the, of the culture, top five. Natural skill, not... Oh, we yeah, we we saw there was an amazing croissant shop, so we imported one here. Okay, top mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. And again, understand this isn't probably not historically accurate in how food fucking travel around the world. So leave your fucking dissertation bullshit somewhere else. Okay, this is a theoretical conversation. So if you're, this is going to trigger you, turn this fucking podcast off. <laughs> right? uh, that's a guarantee that they leave it on. <laughs> I have to put France as number one. I don't like myself. I don't like it at all. I have Spain. I have Italy. I have Mexico. And I'm also saying there's countries that I've been to and I know. Right? I know. And my last one, and this is a debate if it's whether it's in Asia proper or not. And this isn't ranked really specifically, but I would put France number one in terms of well-roundedness is India. Hmm. And nowhere can I put in my starting five a country that I want to put in the top five. Hmm. Being objective, if I was like voting for a first team All NBA, I- I'm like torn about this. Hmm. I'm like, 
think of their second team, their third team, and if I was going to try to assemble a like a last two, you know, like the best team, thousand percent, two of those players are going to be from Asia at least. I like your list. View it again: France, Spain, Italy, Mexico, India, Mexico, India. India's got Kulfi. India's desserts are like, mm. you know. I think that so. Fuck. I love chat. I think it's my probably one of my three favorite things to eat in the world as a small plate. We'll put that in the appetizer, small plate, snack category of things. They've got that covered for days, as far as sort of whatever you want to call them. Uh, Entrees, main dishes, like actual dinner cuisines, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, fucking outstanding. My red bean is rose water, man. I feel like when India goes to make a layup, they can do everything else. They can shoot, they can shoot the lights out from distance. They've got mid-range jumpers. They play strong defense. <laughs> They're unbelievable attacking the boards. But not everything has rose water in it. I, I think that not every Asian dessert has red bean in it either. <laughs> I think when they go to make, when they're inside, when they're their interior game, I think they just throw the ball in the fucking stands. I can't eat that shit, man. I can't I disagree. eat it. I, this I, is I the, the beauty is that I have to be older. Like, I, you could even theoretically make India the number one draft pick. This I mean, a- listen, it's like you want to draft Scoot Henderson over Wemba Nyama, and I just don't understand. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. But that motherfucker shouldn't even be in the top ten. I can't being, shoot. I'm being honest. Every time, every time I have a conversation, I haven't. And listen, like <laughs> through like, in college, every single one of my friends was Indian. I was on the founding member of the Cal cricket team. <laughs> like I, I have been eating Indian foods like consistently from the minute I first tasted it. But every time somebody tells me, every time Priya comes up and is like, you've got like gulab jamun is the best dessert, I have to be like. So delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've watched you agree, and I have to sit there and be like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We win championships. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. You know? You've been, we're going to stop talking now. I, w- I, want, I want to hear your thoughts on all of this. Well, first, Ying, what's your top five? France and Italy are in my top five as well. Mexico's in my top five as well. I think when I look holistically at, Countries where I can get where all five tools are performed at a high level from start to finish of a meal. I'm gonna I'm gonna raise that the stars and stripes and put America on my list. Apple pie, ice cream sundaes. You can't come on. ice cream fried like foods. America, you're you're gonna try to poke a hole in America's <laughs> sweets. Look at us. I mean, it's weird because like it's a recent, it's like an expansion team and it has no history. There was a weird cinnamon apple spiral pull apart bread sitting on the desk <laughs> in the office before we came here. It's probably 3,000 calories per bite and we ate nearly all of it. I, I, I just can't put America on there because I feel that all of the, the things that make American desserts delicious came from. No, we're not playing. We're not playing no, cultural anthropologists. We're not doing that. Yeah, that's we were doing that. We're not doing cultural anthropology with America. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one on my list, on my top five, I went for a wild card. I started thinking about the world of South America, which I don't know enough about. But I think Colombia goes. I think I think Colombia belongs on this list. When I think about like the the, if I break it down into three tools, if I think about like. Just to just to totally westernize and, and bastardize the whole thing. If it's like appetizer, entree, dessert, I think a country like Colombia deserves a place on here where you have arepas. Man, his scouting has gone deep. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm, yeah. I'm the fucking Spurs over here. <laughs> I'm looking everywhere for talent. Guy. I'm looking everywhere for talent. 
That's my list. What do you got? Okay, so my first counterpoint is about Asian desserts, which is like we don't have a big dessert culture, but we do have a. We're gonna do something after this culture. Whether what it's you're like, doing right now is we play defense. netball. He is, he is, <laughs> he's about to launch a passion defense for the beauty of Shaq's free throw. <laughs> go, go first of all, he makes them when they count. <laughs> all right, <laughs> and second, yeah, at three minutes in, <laughs> take him out. Of, right. Two minutes, but Shaq, Shaq, the, part of what made Shaq great was that the game was in hand. It was over by the time it got to the fourth quarter, so you didn't really need him in. So you just throw in whoever, oh, Slava Bevedenko, that's a good point. So but you were saying he's over, yeah, but that's a different argument. That's overcoming your weakness by being so strong at the other thing. I mean, but isn't that the argument for why Steph Curry is one of the best like that's players, if, right? That's if like, Mookie Betts couldn't hit the ball out of the infield, but he was so fast that he could get a third base for the ball. That's Ichiro it. Suzuki. <laughs> that's one of the greatest hitters of all time. Like that's Ichiro is also one of the most well-rounded players of all time. Yeah, yeah he's a great defensive player as well. I would like, say no, no power, no real power. He's he's got power, but he doesn't flash it. Not yeah. enough. I don't know. Yeah, He's I don't Trey, know. I'd take Trey Turner over that guy any day. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Trey Turner all day long. Over Ichiro? <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'd take Trey Turner all day I'm long. I'm having a hard attack. Hold on real quick. We're talking about one of the greatest hitters to ever watch. Trey Turner ever. has a ring. Someone else doesn't. <laughs> oh, that's it's fucking true. It's true. That's so it's rude. Um, but that's my argument for Asia is that the dishes are so overwhelmingly good that you will forgo dessert. Like, you just forget about dessert. It's like a Mike Tyson knockout. Is the, the round is over at the first uh, round. Yeah. He doesn't round. have to have stamina so, yeah. because he never the fight never comes out of the yeah, fight. Yeah, it shouldn't go past four rounds. I like that, you know. Yeah, it's very I'm, clever. So I, I'm going to stick Asia in here, and I think Japan should be in the top five. You know what Isaac Lee would have said? I don't like food. <laughs> <laughs> and he's listening. To this, I never said that. No. <laughs> Isaac could be like, I like red bean. <laughs> You don't like popping sure, beans? Black beans. Love you, uh, Isaac. I, li- I like that answer. All right. So I, 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 you got to put Japan in the top five, like, and because they've got everything else so covered, you know, like just, just desserts, just kind of, you know, like, yeah. But, but if we're looking for well-rounded, the assignment though? is well-rounded. So. Yeah, but like a mochi is gonna plug in that hole, you know, like just throw a mochi in there. It's like, all right, cool. No, because what you're describing is me in high school who was so good at academics. I didn't have to go to PE. <laughs> I didn't have to. I didn't have to do physical things. I wouldn't call myself a. I would call myself a rounded person, not a well-rounded person. I so, mean, you're. You know what he's doing. I mean, I think we're losing all listeners that don't like sports. You know, is punting on a defense in fantasy football. That's exactly it. Or like punting if you're in basketball, like one category, right? Like yeah. I'm okay he's with good, losing free yeah, throws. Free throws. Yeah. That's fine. Irony, the irony is sweet, though. <laughs> but the, exam, the, the assignment is well-rounded. So how can Japan be in well-rounded? Well, they have something, right? It's not like they have nothing, right? They do have red beans It's not like they don't take free throws. Yeah, it's saying. not like they don't, that you can't play them at all. It's just right. like that's not the guy you want You're in saying that they shoot like 85% from the field and 15% from the free throw line, but they're so accurate from the field. It doesn't matter. Pretty much. Like, the game is a hand. So you, I, I want to reframe this because this is this is a way to box out Asia if you if you really hone in on desserts. and you're Because I think we're overemphasizing desserts. I think you're playing a different game, man. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Listen, I, if I have to now choose the number one and rank them, for me it's, is it Mexico, France, or India? Italy's not there. Italy's not there. Because, you know, the Medici's really spent more time in France. (laughs) (laughs) 
We didn't have Asia didn't have the Medici Pizzle. family. We needed a fucking a Medici family. We didn't have it. This is a Dave Chang show drunk history collab right here. <laughs> Just like okay, whatever. I guess that's true. I guess. France. I don't want to give power to France. It's like, you know, voting for Carl Malone or fucking Dwight Howard, none of which are actually a top five, no, but like I'm not I, happy about it, it. You know, the, the thing about it is it pains me, but I think France is number one. I think that there's another thing at play here where it's not just about, it's not about skill. Here's, here's what I would say to your point. What I think about Asia, like my defense of Asia in this regard is that it's not that they are, have some kind of physical ailment that prevents them from being able to shoot free throws. And this is some version of what you're saying. They just don't value free throws. <laughs> they don't. They, there's a reason why we get fruit at the end of the meal because it's like I don't want that. I don't. It's too much. And Mexico's got chocolate, too churros, <sighs> chocolate, folks. I chocolate. Know. We're talking about chocolate here. <laughs> All right, chocolate. Yeah, but I don't see how France is not number one and well-rounded, man. I don't see how France can't be number one. Again, well-rounded. which is why I say if it's fucking painful. If, if Japan just. Again, a what if scenario. Ooh, here's a mark against France. Here's a mark against France. If we're talking about well-rounded five-tool players, can't get a noodle to save your life in France. That's true. <laughs> That's not true. You got Parisian gnocchi. Can't get. A, I stand. <laughs> I stand on my point. Can I get a noodle to save your life <laughs> yeah. in France? You can't get a noodle in fucking Mexico. So you're gonna put Italy number one? That's crazy talk. Fuck. It's crazy, which is, again, I'm telling you, this is a very complicated conversation. I mean, if you want, I'd almost say you have to bet India as number one because of the sheer number of things they have. There's so many goddamn... If I take my personal preference out of it, I don't like the, the style of their free throw shooting. I don't like what it looks like to me, but they make they make them. If I take my personal preference out, yeah, probably. India's number one. Probably. If I play sabermetrics on this and not just gut feeling. India is Jokic. They just, you know, unpopular <laughs> opinion, but they, they just crush in every category. Shit. Their, their plus minus is off the charts. The usage rate, you know, very low with a high return. You know? God, I'm telling you. I can't believe we landed on India number one. That's, but it's, it's real. If you think about it. The kulfi is a game changer because they have their version of ice cream. And you can get it without rose water. And mango lassi is dessert. It really is. And the yogurt, well, the dairy. Well, the dairy game is so strong in India, man. The, yeah, the one thing I was going to say, though, about your anti-fruit stance They got is breads. Like the mango. Everything. The mango, anywhere the mango has been utilized, though. Strong. Except for mango pudding. Crush. If you don't want to do two categories, <laughs> India crushes appetizers. Absolutely. Maybe Crushing best in the best, world. Number one. Best in the world. The the mid game. Yeah. They're so deep. Unbelievable. It's a problem. The bench is so deep, it's a problem. And they have desserts. It may not be everyone's dessert, but it's effective. Hmm. Isn't that the same argument for Japan, though? Like, there's no dessert, dude. You eat the little rice cakes, you know? No. <laughs> Just have some tea. This no. guy said rice cakes and tea. <laughs> Again, I, Hold yeah. on, what's the rest of his list? Japan was one, was is was what number in your list? I would put Japan number two. I think India number one. Like, if we're being, if, I, if I'm being, you know, biased, like, okay, I'm just going to punt desserts. Like, who gives a shit, right? Like, obviously, it would be all Asia, right? But, like, you know, we brought you on here to talk about all around. All, all around. around. So, like, 
<laughs> so I, I just feel like the strength of everything else is too strong. Like, it's just not fair. You really like, are a part of the family now. <laughs> Refusal to accept the fucking Will not play the goddamn game that was assigned. Goddamn. So I assembled a list right. of four tool players. <laughs> no. Exceptional but four think, tool players. I think India at number one makes sense. Italy is also in my top five. I think Italian desserts definitely, like... I think most people would put India, uh, Italy number one. Yeah. I really do. That would be it's of so would. strong. They got everything. They got even the wine down. Like, think about big old Ooh, steak. beverage. Do we consider that one of the tools? That has to be. Yeah, that's why right. I'm telling you. Like, that's all what makes these, all these start. cuisines that we're talking about. All these countries have, you know, amazing drinks and beverages. I, I might not give that to Korea though. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You Korea's. got soju, dude. <laughs> We got Makali. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Traitor. I can't do it. Fucking traitor. I mean, I, I know, but like, I can't do it. Soju, for sure. <laughs> Lemon soju. You do this with a straight face? <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. I'm so impressed. Fucking chef's kiss. Lemon soju. All right. Yeah, so That's... Italy, India. Um, if, we're, if we're doing the well-rounded Italy, India. India um, doesn't have that much alcohol, France, but all the teas obviously. and all the... It's yeah, off India's the charts. are... are Pretty damn good. Um, we'll try and lossy. India is Wemanyama. <laughs> it just is a freak. Time, so, Italy, yeah. Japan, uh-huh. India, France. France. Come on, surprise us here. <sighs> Shit, dude. No, Mexico's Mexico's hidden. I've never, I've never been. Breakfast to, is crazy. I thought he was gonna go under. I thought he was gonna go Canada. I've never been to South <laughs> South um, uh, South Africa, but I've been told that that is probably like the most. Like got it, got it going on, and it's got a little bit. It is, if you're going to choose America and choose the recency and all that stuff, allowing that to be the case, then I think again, I there are huge <laughs> amounts of countries that we're just overlooking right now, simply because we haven't been there, and I think that is also telling as to where we're at in this world. Yeah, I was, I, I, yeah, totally. We're are, we have a huge blind spot, obviously, in the entire continent of Africa. I. uh I wanted to put South Africa on here, but I just don't remember any of the desserts whatsoever because they've got a they've got a wine game, they've got a, like amazing cuisine across the board, influenced by India, influenced by Asia, and indigenous. But I just don't remember the God. You desserts. know, there's a country that I just this is shit. I, I it, you know what it is. This is exact feeling when someone else drafts a player, and you're like, God, how did I miss that player? Or I feel like the Atlanta Hawks trading for trading away Luka Doncic. I, I really fucked this up. Lithuania. <laughs> <laughs> no, Turkey. Turkey. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> I was about to ask about that. Mm. Just mm. hot on that Turkish delight. <laughs> uh, that's, that's tough. Hot on the uh, desserts. I'm sure. Listen, the only time I've been on Africa proper is in Marrakesh. I got a lot of food too. I don't remember the desserts, though. I think that they are similarly with, like, the kind of very light laminated pastries and, and syrups and things like that. I don't know. Yeah, we're, we have a huge blind spot. we got to figure out how to resolve. But. What's the thing I love? I'm so brain dead right now. The pistachio with the baklava. Yeah. Oh, so good. And the other one that with noodles version on it, fried noodles, so oh, so good. Yeah, I think they both fall under the category of baklava. Yeah, but it's like a it's a whole. Do what really good baklava 
really good. That's just got rose water too, dude. <laughs> Not all of it, to your point. Again, I just think you're very selective with your rose water. You know what happens <laughs> is you bite into them and just like your mouth is drenched in sugar syrup. It's just like, <laughs> it's like gusher. It's like a pastry gusher. So are a lot of Indian desserts. I don't understand your hatred of Indian desserts. And okay, let's not, categor- <laughs> let's, not, let's not characterize it as hatred, okay? There's no... We cannot have the word hatred in this game. <laughs> this really game of, ranking, but, uh... of ranking nationalities. We can't have the word hatred in it. What is the what is the most <laughs> what okay, sports guys. What is the what am I describing? Like the most right-handed, the most single tool player in the world. I'm just thinking of Paul Pierce. Always goes the same direction. Has that okay. little mid-range jumper. What is the Paul Pierce of cuisines? One tool player. It's a good one. We got to think about this one. Uh, I I think that's a terrible question. I think you're <laughs> definitely gonna piss somebody off, Adam. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. I don't have an answer. It's easy to do in America. All right. Like Who's got the tool, best what, best single item thing? One tool city. One tool. Like what people are known for. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately people. You know, actually, that's a whole. We should say that for a whole another day. Mm-hmm. Who's got the best, most amazing food item? Single food item. Like Texas brisket, Chicago. Pizza, Seattle hot dogs. <laughs> I think teriyaki would win for Seattle. San Francisco bread bowls. Uh, is is okay? We should move on. But is the is that if it was Los Angeles, would it be the taco? Yeah, really. What um, do you think it would be? I thought it was the hamburger. You know, the, the fast food hamburger. I feel like that's mm, you got a point. But but as as far as I mean, there are other cities who have probably a more iconic burger. Sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's that's our top five. I'm sure people are tearing their eyeballs out, and all of my Indian friends are so upset at me right now. But it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Play the game. I'm still surprised that he thinks Asia's got desserts that. I mean, you know, but do you? How did you not understand the assignment? I totally understand the assignment. I'm just trying to like really make the case here that like we can't just totally exclude it. Like the premise seems to exclude Asians. Now, now that since you've done this, and I didn't want to do this to you, but I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, since you are so pro Asia, as I think we all are. Unfortunately, I can't put them in the top five. It hurts me. What would be your top five Asian countries? Oh fuck. Because you you call you called the thunder, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Give it to us. Can Top I? Can five. I? Br- do I have to break out China or does China? China yeah, all, of China's China's all of China's one. All of China's one. Wow. Yeah, dude. That's how. Because that's how our, uh, you know Premier Xi feels about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I, I shouldn't answer to that. Um, right. So technically, Hong Kong, Taiwan, also. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. Okay, then now, I think this is in spirit with today's with today's guest, the, the Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Give us your top five Asian people. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Give us, get, rank them. Rank oh your top five. Oh, my God. We've, Chris and I have done this. Okay, if we're, if we're being as objective as possible, I'm just going to be totally objective. You're going to hurt some people's feelings here. Oh, know, man. So I might not, like, my mom might lock mama, the doors, yeah. like, change the locks. It's all right. Okay, here we go. This is going to be good. All right. Remember, the internet is forever. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is going to be forever. And remember, whatever you say right now, even if you you think you're restricting it to a culinary judgment, people are going to assume you're making a judgment about the quality of the people. 
<laughs> God damn it, Chris. Like, <laughs> <laughs> top five, top five. Let's go. Five, Thailand. Number four. <sighs> Fuck. This is hard. All right. Number four, I'll go with. Hmm. All right. Uh, number one is Japan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the Korean people. I'm I'm so sorry. Number two is China. I'm, again, I'm sorry. <laughs> number three. Bro. Oh, I'm so sorry. Number three is Korea. You just that's not even true. You don't even mean. You don't feel that at all, dude. You don't feel that at all. I I it 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 pains me. But if you're being totally objective, like. How are you going to compete with all of China, first of all? That's, like, so hard. No, I'm saying I don't even think Korea is three for you. <laughs> I don't think Korea cracked your top five. <laughs> oh, no. no <laughs> guys, guys, hold on. No, Korea is definitely in my top five. Who's in the four spot? Uh, yeah. I might move Thailand up to number four and then put... Um, are we counting India? I don't know. Are you? I, I can't count India because... Let's try like, not to count India. Because they already got the number one spot, yeah. so I'm trying to leave them out. Um, shit. This is like that top 50 bullshit where it's like, top 50 Asia. Right. Top 50 Latin America. Yeah, I'll go with Singapore. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to... Yeah. Malaysian, so, Southeast Malaysian, Asian food. Yeah. yeah. I, I love they it. They have a lot of interesting food. I do love it. Yeah. Interesting. You guys just don't care about Vietnam, huh? I, I it's it's like I didn't see you did very <laughs> interesting, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, if I had to quickly write, it, I don't remember what I said last go round, but you know, it's like a big three is clearly Korea, Japan, China. You know, yeah, I mean, like you got to go Korea. I'm not putting China number one. Can I mean, two or two. Wow, there's so many regions. There's so many different foods represented in there. Like, think about like. You know, between Hong Kong, like Canto style, Sichuan, like there's uh, so uh, many regions. Yeah, I, I know. This is some. This is like historical recency bias. <laughs> this is what people don't want to put fucking Wilt Chamberlain in the top five because they never saw him fucking play. Yeah, I know we got a crazy dude right now. Yeah, I know nobody's eaten the food there for years because we can't go anymore. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but we invented the shit, man. China number one. <laughs> China is, I'm going Japan, number one, Korea, China, Vietnam, Thailand. Those are my top five. Yeah. Those are, those are my same top five, except for China, number one for me. <laughs> I think it's a strong argument. I mean, Xi just activated Yang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting some R&B deposited. <laughs> All of a sudden, he only uses a... Uh, we ball. We Those are fucking all star, all star, all star countries. That's that's all time shit right there. Yeah, um, I can't believe you have Korea so low. You know why? I what's wrong with you? China is so strong. Think Shenzhen Bao. I'm over wonton noodle soup. Like just you know the, he's we know what he's saying right now. Basically, I'm just reading between the lines. The subtext here is man loves dumplings. You know I've said this before. I'll say it again. Japan has improved many cuisines from around the world, but their fucking gyoza game is bullshit. It's weak. It's weak. So fucking so weak. weak. And it's just like, they just right? benefit from association. You go and you get it in every single fucking time. Like, wh why do they decide to not do more to it? Yeah. Didn't improve it. Made it, made it worse. You know, quite frankly, it's embarrassing. 
<laughs> the meat and the wrapper don't play together in a gyoza. It's just mismatched. And then the cabbage. Well, we're cabbage just talking about there. the dumpling game. Then, yeah, China's number one. But no, I'm not going there. He I'm, values the dumpling, I'm saying. The dumpling is very important. Dumplings <laughs> and noodles. We have all that shit in Korea, too. Yeah, and then they also got, like, Peking duck. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, this is a roster that's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, he can play, he can play, he can play, he can play. They all can play. Right. China's unstoppable, dude. Like, But China also has Christian Leitner. <laughs> I, I, Peking Duck in and of itself could win. If you want to do like the best of the world, number one, greatest fucking food item in the world, real Peking Duck. And I don't want to put on, I've been on a hiatus for the most part on social media, but I don't know why the algorithm keeps on pushing people and saying, oh, this is Peking Duck. Look how fucking sick they're carving the Peking Duck. Hey, Peking Duck. Mm-mm. That's roast duck. Yeah. And it's, it's a not, different thing. Completely different. This is, it is, it is like a ballet. Right. Versus By the way, roast duck delicious. But Peking duck is a different thing, and it's, it's fucking Haley's Comet. You don't get to see it that often. <laughs> the, you don't get to see the real deal. You can look up at the sky and see things flying around. I mean, they're not all before, Haley's it Comet. It is the greatest food item when done well in the world. It's worthy of getting on a plane to eat. China number one. But I'm not putting China number one. <laughs> not even number two. No, it's Japan and Korea. This is some jingoistic shit right here. How is Korea? Korea has got it all, too. They got a lot. Yeah. I don't know about it all. (laughs) 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 I mean, we're being objective, right? Yeah. No, between China and Korea, like, we got to take the L here. Like, China's just got too much. They got too much. And, like, we got American backing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we put spam in our chicken. Like, yeah, but you got we got, we got. Look, I can't get into this. <laughs> like, I actually think I'll get in trouble. What are you, what are you a fan of Russian cuisine now? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you guys, have, you guys. I'm American. <laughs> I'm American. I'm just saying, Korea has American backing. China was like, no, nah, we good. <laughs> <laughs> we back people. <laughs> Wow. All right. You know what? I switched it. It's China number three and Korea number two. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I'm not listening Listen, to this. when the invasion happens, you better you better be on the record. Nope. Just, just. What would you rather eat five days a week? Not seven, five days a week. Korean no, food or Chinese food? No, into his. No, I'm just saying, like, what would you eat? Chinese food as a whole or Korean food? Chinese food as a whole. I got way too wow. many choices. Too many choices. Mm-hmm. I got to check your banking account. <laughs> RMB. Um, That's fucked up, man. What, just don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac Lee would never have said something like that. No. His, his, his top five would have been Philippines, <laughs> Nepal, Tibet, all wonderful places, but not in the top five cuisines. Can't do it. I just, if we're being objective. And we're being attacked here. Like well, everybody, this is the last time you know we'll ever be on this podcast. <laughs> you thought he was getting some Korean backup. All right. We'll take a break. All right, guys. Uh, we're having so much fun. Uh, we have overspoken our time because we have the Shibutani brother and sister team here waiting in the green room, and we have to get them in. We'll get to the other segments that we spoke about at a later date, or we just might forget about it altogether. But... Um, We'll get into our interview with Alex and Maya Shibutani. We're joined here with Maya and Alex Shibutani, and we were just um, talking about a variety of things, one of which is uh, 
Hugo and Grace are actually in the Spotify studios right now. Hi, Hugo. And we're going to have to watch our curse words. And I, I don't think it should be any different that he's physically here it versus be. not. Because sometimes the podcast is playing. Sometimes there's, uh, you know, 20 minutes or so I need to listen to. I'm sure the same thing with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then this a-hole just <laughs> bursts out with an F-bomb and then S-H-I-T and then a, you know. I know. I had to scramble to turn it off. If the kids walk in the room. Maybe if we got little cutouts of our kids and put them in the room while we recorded, we mm, would behave yeah, ourselves a little yeah. better. Like it's a, we're, we're, you know, practicing hostage negotiations yeah. or something with yeah. terrorists in the room. What was, what was the curse word situation in your home growing up? Zero curse words, I imagine. It Zero was, tolerance it curse words. It was not encouraged. <laughs> right? It wasn't. I feel like it still sometimes happened though, right? Yeah. And I think that, um. We curse a lot more than people realize. No way. Yes, we do. <laughs> I think it comes from that being is athletes. BS, and I want to use the real word there. <laughs> this is no sports but world. Hugo's in the room, so we won't, you know. They're trying. Yeah, I was just real. saying it doesn't matter because he he hears us curse all your kids. Ruby and Keith hear you curse all the time. Yeah, and so, I just want to apologize, as you do, for all the parents out there. Very sorry. That have said, "Hey, it would be great if these guys would just clean up their act," and I always say, "F you." <laughs> and basically, they're just saying we would love to be able to listen to your podcast more, but we can't. I blame playing competitive sports when I was younger on the golf course because I really loved John McEnroe. So I would see him mm. and I wanted to be him. Mm. And he later became the patron saint of Momofuku. But uh, cursing has been part of my MO. <laughs> I thought I, I cussed a lot as a kid. You said like not at 9 and 12. I thought this is what's going to make me cool. Well, clearly. So <laughs> you're going to curse now. a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to take a quick break to talk about a, a non-sponsor thing, but I think it's worth talking about. This thing, we've talked about it once before, is truly one of the best things. And they're not. there's zero sponsor here. Zero. But if you want to, let us know. <laughs> and I've been pronouncing it the mariachi pangrafted chocolates. But that's not the mariachi. It's marich or mirich. So the situation is every time we come to the Spotify studio, we have no idea what is going to be in the little snack. Corn nuts. The corn okay. nuts there are very Amazing good. Amazing corn nuts. They make some weird choices, like the single serving raisin bran out there is a weird choice. There's always life. something that no one wants and yeah, it just yeah, stays yeah, yeah, in the yeah, basket. Yeah. Exactly. These are uh, a serving size of 65 grams, probably like four plus ounces. How many? Like There's like seven or eight. Nah, 12. 12 oh. chocolates in there? But 300, gram, 300 calories of fat. I mean, 300 calories, excuse me. And they're just one of the best things I've ever tasted in my life. <laughs> they're very good. They're so good. And it's not some BS dark chocolate nonsense. They go straight to the sugary milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. Marich pan crafted chocolate. This is <laughs> dedicating this is so much time to some not Vegas money. Yeah, not mariachi. But Dave tried to offer me when I came in, and I had to confess that I'd already eaten a bag before you Marich.com. I, I listen. I, I don't think it's a name. Have you ever heard of this? I haven't. I dare this is say, a serving. I dare say these are as 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 good as they are. They're they're good enough to be served in Japan, mm. which is saying something because Japan snacks, as we all know, are you know ranked two or three debate you know debatable in the top you know sixty countries of the world. One thing that Japan doesn't do that great, mm. in my opinion. Pan-crafted chocolate. <laughs> Pan-crafted chocolate, but chocolate bars in general. The Meiji chocolates. Mm, I feel that. It should be way better. Sugary, fruit flavored. No, it's, yeah, it's they do that really like well. But five, 5% better than Hershey's bar. 
Mm-hmm. Also, the portion sizes are pretty small. Like, the, well, not the, por- everything's a little bit. That's true. A medium in America, me, person that wears a medium is an extra large. An extra large doesn't even exist. Doesn't exist. I yeah. know this. I remember going to the Uniqlo in Tokyo <clears throat> and buying like a quadruple XL and feeling so bad about myself. It's <laughs> like I'm a small in America. <laughs> you're you're sort of dressed like. John Goodman and Roseanne Barr's husband. If, <laughs> if Roseanne was going to um, be uh, in the oh Japan, God, what's his name? What Dan. Dan. I like, do like. Yeah. I've got a real Dan, Dan vibe going on. If they were going to do an Asian remake, I ran out of I ran out of t-shirts today, guys. <laughs> they suit your eyes. I'm all, I'm all, thank anyway, you, thank you. You guys just came back from Japan. Yeah, actually, that was a perfect segue, Dave. And speaking of Japan, we've oh, got gift. something. Oh, oh, let's guess. Okay. Okay. From Japan. This is from Japan. It is. Nostra Changis is going to use his. I'm power impressed. You just put it on the table. You didn't shake it. You didn't you feel the weight of it. I right now I have my two fingers to my forehead of my big noggin, and I'm going to try to guess. We have three three guesses. And what for the you? listener, it's wrapped. It's um, wrapped, and so you, you, there's no label. There's no. Dave's. I'm going to pick it up. It looks the size of a 200 level class college textbook. <laughs> for those out there keeping track of this. the size of most obscure reference. Oh, it's lighter than I thought it was going to be. That changes my perception. It, it's a, a little bit, bit like a, a, a paperback college textbook. I'm going to say. So intro to geology. I think we're in, we're in the sweet territory though, right? I don't know. Both? I don't know. We know that it's not beef jerky. Doesn't either. <laughs> Wait, we're going to eliminate all the yeah. things. It's not. It okay. could be dried fish. It could be. But they don't wrap at... Kumbi stores. There's, there's no. This is, this is like an Isetan type of wrapping. Yeah, job yeah. Here. So it could be perfect fruit. I well, okay. So here, how long ago were you in Japan? <laughs> like, like two days ago. We got back two days ago. Is this something where you don't have to say? Could it last like a week? Yes. Yes. Mm. Are they? They're. I think they're like little individual things. Are they is little it, individual things? Like little. I can't. Perfect fruit is out. They're gonna be so shocked when we unveil our new line of beef jerky <laughs> from Japan. <laughs> Individually wrapped. Perfect fruit is out. I think maybe like a. They're not going to give. Oh, oh, it's Sakura season in Japan. Let's not forget that. That's also garbage. I know, but I think. (laughs) Careful now. I feel like it's going to be a little. It's like garbage. It's beautiful. It's it's like Turkish delight. Mochi. It is Japanese version of Turkish delight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. You're thinking it's going to be awesome? It's a big branding thing. It's it's all about the color. It tastes good. Yeah, of course not. But. I am thinking, because Alex is a practical joker himself. He is. Mm-hmm. And Maya actually would agree. Uh-huh. That, like, she would probably say, oh, that's funny. I think this is a Zuki bean desserts. Oh. Oh, you think they've got you pegged? That You think oh, they're going to red bean you? Both of us. Yeah. We wouldn't do that to your families. <laughs> <laughs> or to the studio. So or not, to the studio. So it's not a Zuki. Because keep in mind, we weren't sure if you were going to open it before we started recording. So yeah, why would we do that to ourselves? They were they were excited about it. So I think they're into it. But that it. could be excited because it's like, hey, smell this excited. Oh, right. Right? Ready for, to, to prank us. I don't think it's a prank. I don't think it's these two. I don't think it's a prank. Have you seen them on the ice? I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> although, although Alex being like, we actually swear more than you think. I think they might be on the show to unveil like the new rebel image they've got so they might be something terrible and it could be listen in some universe if there's infinite amounts of universe mm. truly right yes. this is what the smart people say mm-hmm. 
this could be a box of mariachi chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> if that was just full of mariachi chocolate, not mariachi, mariachi chocolate, <laughs> I would just leave. I would, I would leave. If you understand the, 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 the mathematics of it all, it could legitimately be. It's true. Then they were just so nervous watching you eat that bag just now thinking like, oh my God, know, spoiled yeah. everything. It depends on what version. No. Well, we weren't even aware that there was a mar- marriage. Or how were you? How would now, you he's, know, now he's playing dumb over here. How would you here. know if you, you know, are a multidimensional traveler? How yep. would you know? <laughs> this is, this is, I don't know what this we're is. We're circling I'm going to an do a shake. I'm going to go. Oh. Oh. So it's a box. Oh, interesting. Here's the other guess. Do you think it's a box that has a, a slip that you slide out, or do you think it's an open box? If it was a little bit bigger, it might be like what's in the box, like from Seth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, open it. Take, take a guess, though. Did you take any guess? I said it was a Zuki. Okay, I'm the gonna build go. up on I'm this going has been Sakura insane. Mochi. I think it says on the bottom also. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't flip the. <laughs> there, there's a. There is a label on the bottom. A label on the bottom. There's calories. That should have. There are calories in there. <laughs> All right. Uh, my Japanese. Let's see if I can read this. Yeah, no, I can't. It doesn't say in English. No, as well. No. Okay. Tone. No, my kanji. It's a problem with Japanese. There's a lot of kanji in there. Right. That just fucks it all up. Sorry. Sorry, Hugo. <laughs> what do we have here? You've had these, right? Oh, so so for the listener, it was a uh, like a sheath that it was a sheath that you pull off. You pull yes. off that was the protecting box. the tin. Here. And it's Dave Chang proof because he can't open, he can't unwrap it. Right now, Grace is just cracking up. <laughs> Cookies. Oh. oh, oh, is it cookie? Oh, oh. I have had these. these Sorry, it's good. not beef jerky. But you were right, individually cigars. wrapped. Yeah, they're very good. They're not going to last. Now, out of context, cigars, um, they're cookies cigars. They're like, they're shaped like they would be filled like cylinders, mm-hmm. but they're cookies filled with cookie. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. It's like a cookie and a cookie. It's like a cookie and a cookie. It's like the, the perfect shape of those Danish butter cookies, I think. Thank you, guys. Of this, course. This is so, so sweet, you guys. And um, for two people committing the cardinal sin of podcasting, which is eating and making mouth noises, that was a very pleasant crunch ASMR ASMR chew sound. <laughs> Unfortunately, was. we don't overlap with that audience. <laughs> <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't tried for it, but well, today's the day. We don't think we're going to get it. But this is not why they're really here. No, they didn't come all this way. Almost in this crazy story of getting here, they were supposed right. to be here a few days ago. They, there was an engine failure. This is actually the second box of cookies that we picked up. No. Yes, yeah. because the Did first box, we ate them um, out of hunger mm-hmm. and sadness and desperation <laughs> sitting at the airport. <laughs> Our flight was canceled. Yeah. 11 Tried PM. to lift oh, the right. mood, opened the box, shared it. But pre, pre-boarding engine is better than... No, this was... We, we were on the plane getting ready to take off, and then all of the lights just Whoa. turned off. And so they tried to fix it. Three hours later. We were on the runway for three hours. And then we were in the terminal for a while. And that was when we cracked open the box of cookies. Oh, my God. There's so many things to eat in the terminal, though. They were keeping us by the gate. Yeah, because we needed to get, like, Mm. QR codes. And they needed to let us know that they were going to provide a voucher for $200 for (laughs) meal and hotel during soccer season in Japan. Right. Which, you know. So that'll get you in the lobby. (laughs) Uh, but you, you you made it. You ate a box of these and you brought these here. Yes. Well, we were originally supposed to speak to you guys on Friday because you are you have put out a new book. Yes, and I have that too. What? Look at this thing. 
Amazing Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders who inspire us all. Unfortunately for them, they made a tragic, tragic decision. Other than going to a land war in Asia, they decided to put my <laughs> mug on the cover. I was just going to say, I was going to tease you about not making the cover, and then you made the cover. Look at you there. There's oh. still time. We can, we can <laughs> grab rush, every copy. Rush to I'm the honored. printer. I'm honored. All right. So tell us about, tell us, this is a, a ostensibly a book for kids. Like I think you say in the book, you wish you had this as kids as well, right? So what is the, what's the gist of this? Exactly. It's something that we really wish that we had when we were growing up. It's about 36 historic and contemporary AAPI figures. And I think the amazing thing about it, apart from amazing being the title, is that I really think that people of all ages will learn something through this book. Yeah. um, It's our first children's picture book. And so when people think about children's picture books, they think illustrations, maybe a short sentence or two, uh, Harold in the Purple Crayon, Good Night Moon. But this book fills, I think, a space that obviously we Wait wish we you had. you get to really reading Goodnight Moon. <laughs> <laughs> With emphasis and real sort of performance. Um, but no. yeah, we, we wanted to highlight uh, our community uh, because there's just not a lot out there. Um, and especially during the pandemic, we, we were at home and we were thinking about all the things that were affecting uh, everyone, but also the AAPI community. And we were concerned about kids going back to school uh, there was a lot of hateful rhetoric. Hate crimes were up. Um, and we just realized that there w- weren't enough resources um, education-wise, but also just for families. We wanted to inspire people of all backgrounds, but especially AAPIs. And we hope that this can kind of add to empathy and understanding uh, and respect for our community. You know what I was thinking about as I as I looked at this? And I wonder if it was the same for you. And I bet it was the same for you as a kid. I, I, was, I was thinking about this book and the, the whole idea. And my parents never told me about any Asian Americans. I didn't know. They never were like, this is a this is an amazing Asian American person that we admire. The people we, she, we talked about were like Chinese generals <laughs> and like Asian Asian people. Mm. And I mean it's like it's sort of funny in retrospect. There was no there was nobody that made it except for actually, you know what? Figure skaters and ice dancers were probably the only people, really, or like Michael Chang. That was it, okay. you know? Bruce like Lee. Athletes, we're Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. But they right didn't here. talk about Asian Americans. And as a result, like, I grew up thinking, well, Asian Americans didn't really do that much for civil rights or anything well, in this country. that's mm. funny thing. Even if we did, that's what you have to still say. Come on here. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like, I got a tiger parent. <laughs> our, own, our, our, entire, our entire group. No, it's it was like that was the thing for me about this was I do think as a kid, Asian American families don't celebrate Asian Americans ever, really, mm. I think. Or was it different for you guys? Well, I, I think it depends on the generation that you grow up in. Um, I think sports has long been sort of an area where we were able to be inspired. And so coming from that background ourselves, uh, we were aware of a lot of athletes growing up that were AAPI, but... At the same time, there are figures in this book that we didn't find out about until doing the research for this project, which when we sort of took a step back, we're like, why is that? Why haven't mainstream um, you know, sources made this information available? Why haven't there been more sports documentaries? Why haven't there been more uh, pieces of content about these people? And so we're trying to start from this kind of ground level with this age group. But obviously, parents read this book to their kids, too. And so we think that people of all ages will have a lot to learn from it. It's only recently that curriculum has started to be introduced in different states about the community. And so 2021, 2021, 2022, yeah. like states are mandating, for example, 
Asian American history um, in K through 12 curriculum. So, And it was important to us, too, that we show people who have accomplished a wide variety of things, different industries, to show that there are various potentials for what you could potentially do. So what's your like? what was your approach to curating this list? Were you thinking, thinking let's just come up as many, as many as we can and whittle it down? Or was it we want somebody in the arts, somebody in science, somebody in et cetera, et cetera? We looked at different categories, but then also because it's a picture book, that's only so many pages. And it was really important to us that the illustrations be a huge part of it as well as the text. And so that's how we came upon 36 figures. Yeah, we wanted to make sure that we provided in-depth, thoughtful bios for each person as opposed to Dave Chang, cook, chef, food. And and at what point did Dave (laughs) approach you uh, with the the bribe money to get in this book? Well, do you think it's a, this is a, a sign? Because if I did it in my degenerate ways, it would be 88. You <laughs> 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 would just be like, anybody's making the cut now. I got to get to 88. Yeah, we want it to be really inclusive. So 36 figures across Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. It's a, it's a broad group of people from different cultural backgrounds, different uh, generations, like I mentioned. And so um, we it was really difficult challenge uh, to narrow down. And hopefully this is the first of many more books, not just from us, that will populate this space uh, and inspire the next generation. There was no bribe money from Dave. I'll, I'm just going to say that right now on the record. Um, we've known about... Crypto counts, guys. Crypto counts. <laughs> uh, we've known about Dave for a long time. I think the first time I read an article about Dave Chang was 2011. There was a profile piece in GQ magazine about mm-hmm. you going to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the famous <laughs> uh, story of Aziz being like, hey, some magazine's going to take us to <laughs> Japan if we, I just tweet this out. And uh, we were joking that it was going to be Esquire. Turned out it was GQ. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you read that story with James Murphy. Yeah, it was, it was a really powerful <clears throat> moment for me, an Asian-American guy in a magazine that I sort of read to try and stay like on top of current events and news and culture. And at the time, I wasn't reading GQ, but Alex (laughs) showed me the article. He was so excited. I remember after a long day of training, he was like, Maya, you have to read this. Yeah. And so representation has always meant a lot to us because in our sport, in in ice dance, which is one of the four disciplines of figure skating, there was never um, Asian or Asian American representation at the very top levels of our sport. Hmm. And so we understand what it's like to be the first uh, through um, and to have sort of the burden of representation uh, and that responsibility, but just sort of following Dave through his career, as well as so many of the other figures in this book, um, we wanted to make sure that more people knew about their stories. I'm honored. I got to really get my act together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we didn't even mention in the book that you're also like a a shoe designer, a sneaker designer. That's right. I have the sneakers. Wow. I got those in he 2017. Was he was like, they didn't even get my full bio yeah. on here. <laughs> <laughs> he threw the book across the room. Who was somebody that you got, you guys did not know about at all when you started this that you are super excited about in here now? So someone that we didn't know and who helped kind of encourage this process, uh, it was two figures, Victoria Manolo Draves and Dr. Sammy Lee. They were divers in the 40s mm-hmm. that represented the U.S. at the Olympics, and they both ended up winning gold medals. And considering that we're athletes ourselves, I was surprised that I hadn't heard about them mm-hmm. prior to starting this process. Victoria is Filipino-American. Dr. Sammy Lee uh, was Korean-American. Dave, did you know about Dr. Sammy Lee? 
I'm I'm interested in actually sort of we haven't released the full list of figures in the book, mm. but I'm kind of wondering if I do. You've you've seen those things on social media where they're mm-hmm. like um, a bunch of cities, and mm-hmm. it's like count the number that you have been to. Right. I'm curious to see of the 36 how from our community know. how many people know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for example, with Victoria and Sammy, they're just what they overcame in the era that they lived in, and the accomplishes the accomplishments that they. Uh, were able to achieve, really inspiring. And if Maya and I had known about that earlier in our athletic career, I think there would have been various moments where we would have felt less alone. And maybe you guys would have been Olympians and doctors like Dr. Sammy Lee here instead of just settling for one thing. Way to make me feel disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you would have reached out. We brought but snacks. we can inspire the next we generation, a right? Book and it's not good enough. You know who I was so I, I told Dave this on a recent episode. So I noticed Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is in is in the book. Mm-hmm. I told Dave on another recent podcast that like I had I succumbed to all this WrestleMania marketing recently and i went down this rabbit hole of like this i guess roman reigns is is a big deal in wrestling he's like the biggest longest serving undisputed champion of wrestling ever he's a samoan american he's fucking related to the rock (laughs) like his family he's like the rock is in his family and his cousins headlined night one of wrestlemania and he headlined night two and i'm like that's some if you know anything about rock's dad i believe his name is rocky he was a famous yeah, this is like, wrestler. I looked, so Wikipedia has their family tree. It is, Yokozuna is in the family too. What I also what I also love is you just did a very, very organic plug for our agency, William Morris, who owns <laughs> the UFC. And now just, just bought the whole damn thing. Jason Hodes, you can send us a royalty check. <laughs> Not our agency, to be clear, but uh, very big news recently. Well, with, uh, if you guys want to get into the ice fighting game, oh, maybe yeah. that'll become more of your wow. fans. <laughs> I knew 15 of the 36, and I included myself. Mm. You knew 15 of the 36? I'm pretty sure you probably know the same. Can I be honest? There's some people in there that I didn't even know were Asian. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. I didn't know. Like, her, the artist. Did not know that. Didn't know she was Asian. Mm-hmm. Shame on me. Mm-hmm. I love that we can claim it, though. It's amazing. That's the best part. I didn't know. The There's a, the handful of others that I... You know, here's the other thing. Even though Rock is Asian, I don't consider him Asian because... Not because of his skin color or ethnicity. He's now reached a level of demigod-like status. You know, he's not the god. He's like a, a god-like figure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't, like, even Bruce Lee, I don't even think of as, like, Asian. He's like, well, he's yeah. Asian-American. He or he, just, like, Asian in general. Sure. Asian-American. I, mm-hmm. I don't. Like, they've transcended in my mind. They've transcended race. <laughs> race. They're like <laughs> Dr. Manhattan now. Yeah. Right? It's beyond race. No, I, I feel that. No, it makes me, it, I do feel proud of it. I'm, I'm super excited. Like my, <laughs> where were we? This happened literally this weekend. Uh, we might've been at, with, with Dave even, where somebody was talking about Asians or Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is embarrassing to say. My six-year-old daughter literally said, what's Asian? <laughs> so I was like, this is bad. This is bad on my part that I have not been able to like. Gen Alpha. Put it Here we go. I have no idea. <laughs> In some ways that's good, but it's like what you talk about all the time, Dave, of if you, I, I imagine the lives of a lot of people in this book and the just small and large injustices that face them every single day. And, you know, Dave growing up in Virginia is very different from me growing up in, in Southern California. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit like what you talk about, Dave, if you had grown up here surrounded by Asian American culture, I'd be a dentist. Be, I, re, I would have gone different. to a bad, bad school. 
But and it's I, like, you know, my academics have still been the same, but I'd be a dentist. But, but this is dentist, a dental assistant. But still recommending chocolates <laughs> to all of his patients. But this is the thing. is like I have a hard time, you know, just think about this book for our kids. I, we, we talk all the time about this, this balance between wanting our kids to understand, you know, the the struggles and reality of things like this, but also not wanting to make them experience the same you know, shame or, or guilt or, or whatever otherness that, that we did. So when my daughter says, what is Asian? <laughs> just like you, me, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's what we are. But also I don't want to be like, you know, people are racist and it's terrible. Well, that's sort of should start <laughs> off with that. Start. I, I think there are different ch- chapters to everyone's sort of experience and everyone's on their own journey based on where they grew up, based on sort of, um, you know, their surroundings. But for Maya and me, we kind of, I, it's been pretty recent. We didn't grow up in an Asian American or Pacific Islander community um, on the East Coast, and we were in ice rinks all the time anyway. And so, but well, um, how many generations are you we're, in America? We're between three, three and, four. and four. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, actually, I'm sort of like a third, fourth generation. That's true because you because they came. Yeah, to my great grandfather came here in like the 1860s. Yeah, not 1860s, 1910. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. That's Within crazy. that 50 year range. We, you know, you're talking about the rock Pacific Islander. You're talking about, um, people who maybe in our consciousness, like transcend their cultural identity because of how successful they've been. Um, Maya and I didn't really talk about being Asian American, being Japanese American when we were competing because it wasn't a, no one was asking us, mm-hmm. uh, media representation in sport and figure skating was mostly white. We were the first ice dance team in the history of the sport that was non-white to medal at the Olympics. And so we're in this really critical growth movement where we're having these complex conversations about our identity and how we relate to the countries that we live in. And so hopefully this book, I mean, it's not meant to solve every question about it's, identity. It better be. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> Again, listen, Dr. <laughs> and Olivia, come on. <laughs> we got to make... Some more impossible goals here, guys. Uh, all right. You brought this up. I have this other thing I wanted to ask you about. Mm-hmm. You brought up growing up in not like an Asian American community. You both went to University of Michigan. Am I right? Attended classes at the University of Michigan. Uh-huh. Didn't end up graduating because our skating schedule. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But you lived in Ann Arbor. You spent. Oh, yeah. You, went to, you attended the I University love, of Michigan. Where are going with this? What? I got a couple of, um, I got a couple of, nie- I have a niece and nephew who both went to Michigan. Mm. And every time I see them, I'm like, have you two ever met another Asian person? What is going on with you? Ann Arbor, I understand there are Asian people there. Worst Asian food in America? Hmm. I would, not having been everywhere in America a very, yet. a very diplomatic answer. No, I would don't say. Don't be a diplomat. It's I a would, yes or no. Straight yes or no. up, uh, Ann Arbor, up until when we moved to Los Angeles in 2018, was the best place we had lived for Asian food. <laughs> Prior to Ann Arbor, we lived in Colorado Springs. Oh, yeah. And then we lived in... Old Greenwich, Connecticut. So we would go to the city every once I've in a while. I've been to Greenwich many times. But as, not a lot of Asian food. <laughs> teenagers and in our early 20s, we, like Alex said, we left Ann Arbor. When- we would have to drive to New Jersey as a family to go to Yaohan, which was this mm. ginormous like Japanese grocery Asian store. grocery Yaohan, store. That's crazy. Um, yeah. But we didn't have Mitsuwa or, you know, H-Mart or anything. Um, and what do you guys think about Zingerman's? Is this a trick question? No, I just want to know. Uh, we love Zingerman's because we were in Ann Arbor for 11 years, 11 years. Mm-hmm. I would say the sandwiches are pretty steep as far as 
expense. Um, but it's kind of like a it's a tradition. Football Saturdays, go blue. You get your Zingerman's $50 Reuben. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been there. I think, uh, who's the founder? Uh, I forget anyway, his name. He, yeah. wants, he was always inviting me to take the, the like these classes. Mm-hmm. They offer classes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I've never been to, is, is Detroit is in Michigan, although I've only been to Detroit. Yes, Detroit never is been in to Michigan. Ann Arbor. I don't know if I'll ever go. We love the brownies at Zingerman's. Um, because they have a brownie that is nut um, free, nut free, and mine has a nut allergy. I just feel like I mean Dave's never been, but he's wait, exp- hold on, hold on. All brownies should be nut free. Number yeah, one. sorry, I glossed over that. Why would there be nuts in other brownies? Yeah. Oh, you don't know this. That people put all sorts of things. I in know brownies. they do. But oh, I mean, this is a strong take. This is a sorts of things in brownies. I'm aware of I that. Mean, that's like saying all pizza have pineapple on it. And right. that's a whole nother debate right, that, that we have is, to squash immediately. <laughs> all these articles being like, ah, oh, you don't know pizza. Pineapple's great. I was like, really? You have nothing else to write about? I'm How do you happy. feel about just cheese on pizza? Just cheese, no sauce, or cheese and sauce? Cheese and sauce. Alex. Alex is having some no, problem over here. Got, this is, she's calling me out on something. So what, No, what? nothing wrong with a cheese pizza. Just cheese. If you had an option to get toppings, you'd be like, yes, let's just do cheese. Depends what we're talking about. It depends. Everything. You're talking to people that could talk about this, actually have a podcast (laughs) to talk about this. So Explain away. We were ordering pizza last night because we just got back from Japan. Where? Didn't have time to cook. This is important. Uh, um, Prime pizza. You know, big pizzas. And so we decided to get two, right? So we could have leftovers because it's going to be busy over the next couple weeks. We're going to be traveling to promote the book. Can always freeze pizza. So the first we did kind of, what's it called? It's got sausage. Supreme, yeah, you know, supreme. sausage, peppers, onion. And then Alex was like, do you want to just get cheese for the second one? And my mind was blown. I think <laughs> I made this big face at him. Like, what do you mean you just want a cheese pizza? I think that's okay. You I got the Supreme. But but in her mind, she's like, we're paying for the pizza. If the pizza's sitting out and there's a, a pie that's cheese, then sure, you can get it. But why wouldn't you get pepperoni or... Sometimes you want a cheese. Can I also explain why I'm not as freaked out about this as you think? I'm shocked that Maya would kids? be this incredulous <laughs> over this. <laughs> no, not because of the kids. I saw something. This you you describing that story reminded me of something I saw two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, this nobody else around me thought this was as crazy as it was. But I walked into a pizza place in, in Hollywood and saw two people look like they were on a date. Looked like they they were they were definitely a couple sitting down together. They had each ordered their own pizza. What size? Like, is this? Mm, I would say a, a medium sized pizza. Okay. Fine. Both of them had Hawaiian pizzas in front of them. The same type of pizza. The same type of pizza. That's like a double foul. Two people went. Not only, yes, not only did they both That's go, an ejection. That's a double technical. By, uh, each, eater.com. <laughs> each get individual pizzas that were the same. Why would you, why would you share that <laughs> sad story? <laughs> they were both Hawaiian pizzas. I don't talk about like a dog getting hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sad story. That's the saddest story It's a sad world, story. Right? So what's our, you, what's our feedback you, on that? Were they compatible or per, like not compatible? No, I think they're two sociopaths. <laughs> oh, so they're <laughs> compatible. Oh, yeah, exactly. So what you're trying to say is not sociopaths. They're psychopaths they're that are psychopaths. serial killers that are there for a killing convention. It was a killing convention. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know we had those in LA. Um, so what would have been more strange to you if he ordered uh, black olives 
Would that have been more weird? No, I would have been fine with that. If he had said olives only, if you had a Supreme and he said, let's just get olives for the second one, that would have been normal? Yeah. I feel like he would never do that, but I'd cut him some slack because of jet lag. And I'd be what like, okay, like, sure, if you feel like <laughs> it. Like, I just want green peppers. That would be fine, too. No. If just just cheese was shocking no, for whatever that reason. that would be shocking is, can I get some green bell peppers, please? <laughs> from, from what standpoint? Just you don't like peppers or the thought of adding $3 to your First pie? First of all, that's not good peppers. unless – the only reason it's tolerable on a Supreme Pizza is because they chop it up into little thin little slices. squares. Oh. Little, like, thin, no, right, the peppers right. itself. Yeah. I don't know what it's like, but I think of a Supreme as a pizza hut, hmm. right? And it's less to do about anything other than, oh, it's got color. It's like just like confetti. Almost. Dave, you're a Domino's guy, right? I like Domino's. Okay. That's in Michigan. Like that's in Ann Arbor. Headquarters yeah. are in Ann Arbor. That's also the, why that's, Domino's is the best Asian restaurant in Ann Arbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got teriyaki wings. <laughs> no, but like black olives. Someone got black olives just only. I'd be like, wow, that's, that's fucking weird. Yeah. You know? An olive only pizza would be crazy. Uh, I mean, the only time I would say a single item makes sense, again, outside of say pepperoni or sausage. Is if someone got banana peppers or jalapeno peppers because they just wanted spicy. Mm. But if someone just got like onions, I'm like, well, this guy is a robot. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't is- have had an issue with it because either way, I could have just had the Supreme been like, you ordered it, you eat it. I mean, I mean, yeah, Cheese is for you. So I, I would understand a little more if it were one price, as many toppings as you want. But cheese yeah. is also the economical right. And they're like probably like $4.55 a topping. You oh, can really rack up a three-topping pie. Poor yeah. They can get they can get expensive, but it was. I get it. I get it. You're Team Alex. <laughs> no, no, Maya was just. I think she was. Normally, I'm because... not Team Alex. So this is how you know oh, I'm telling the truth. I can vouch for that. Dave yeah. is definitely Team Maya. Everyone Most likes Maya are. better. Yeah, it's just it's it's true. true. It's you know? true. But you were shocked by the fact that he wanted a cheese, a plain cheese pizza. Yeah, because I was like, if we're already getting a second pizza and there's this base price, let's just pay a little more to have something a little bit extra, you know? And we're coming back from Japan, where the pizza's really good. The best. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I think it's a different kind of pizza. They don't do the they don't do the crappy style American. They don't do the Supremes. Again, people have to understand when I say like Domino's is great, I'm not saying it's the best pizza in the world. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> They're gonna slice uh best pizza in the world like, from the oh, same like, I hate all rotisserie chicken. That'll 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 happen for sure. Uh Wait, so how much of that pizza you guys got left? Are you really still eating it? What's happening? Oh, yeah. We, there's quite a bit There's left. quite a bit. How? So when you <laughs> get a slice of pizza, we haven't talked about this in a while. So mm-hmm. we're going to ask you guys to pantomime this. You get a slice, whether it's a whole pie or a slice from a New York City style shop. Mm-hmm. How do you eat that slice? Are you what talking are your toppings? about like, oh, what not, are you putting on it? Generally, I go with just pepperoni, but. Like a New York style slice shop. Yeah, you get. Yeah, probably. It depends on how it looks, right? Because they heat it up, but if it looks dried and it's been out there for a while. Those can be very good still. Just have Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, I always avoid it. But um, so, so are much you eating like. Young <laughs> <laughs> are you talking folding style versus. Well, before not we fold get there, or? just your toppings. Okay. So you want pepperoni, right? Your pepperoni. My, if pepperoni. I'm in New York, I'm just going to grab a slice of pepperoni. I might do like sausage and onion or something. Oh, you're an onion person. Makes sense. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like taking them. Um, so, okay. Now, are you a shell uh, staple Parmesan? Oh, like Parmesan or red pepper flakes? Uh, yeah, garlic, I am. Garlic salt? Oregano. Mm. Are you? What are you? I don't, the fact that I don't know this. I I uh, I have a hard time in any situation like that where I at least don't eat one slice where everything is on it. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't add the gar- garlic salt. No, it's, no, no, garlic salt. Sorry, yeah, yeah. It's too hard to pour out of the thing, the, sh- the shaker, because you, you're going to ruin your slice. There yeah. have to be shakers, though, because if it's individually wrapped in those paper, like red pepper flake, Parmesan things, I'm just going to skip it because I want to inhale my slice of pizza I, as fast I as possible. I abstain most of the time. The only time I'll put Parmesan on is if it's in a paper thing. Like really? the, like okay. a like a wet nap thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The little packet. Because it's Sachet. actually easier to put on your pizza than a shaker. Not based on how long it took you to open the box of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why I don't like Alex. So the hot pepper move, though, mm. is I told you this. You take off the lid mm-hmm. and you shake it, shake it out, and then you sprinkle it with your, mm. your fingertips. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a reason why like a basketball hoop is double the diameter of the ball. These stupid little pepper shakers, the holes are the exact diameter oh, of a little right. flake. That's mm. not going to come out of there. What are you, crazy? That, that's how I know when the aliens come, I'm going to be okay because that's the <laughs> test <laughs> of a higher order of being. Okay, so sometimes I'll, I'll add cheese and pepper. For the most part, it's just pepper. And if I know the shop, right, and I know that sometimes it's not salty enough, I will add the table salt. Mm. You'll add salt to pizza? Well, of course. I'm just trying to direct some of the same incredulous energy <laughs> that you direct at people who have alternative food takes to you. Alternative food takes. There's no, there's different no, there's nothing alternative about different, this. Yeah. I said, you know, you got to know your enemy here. And I got to know if like, oh, it's you know. like that. Yeah. I got to know if it's a little bit under seasoned. That's all. Right. I like good taste, unlike some people. Right? I mean. I want my things properly seasoned. Okay. Okay. Now we've sure. gotten past that. Hold on. This is for as long as you and I have known each other, we've been talking on this podcast and everything. I've never realized that you look at a plate of food as the enemy that you are about to attack. That's the first time you've ever heard this. The people making it sometimes, you know, you're their competition. No, but I love that this plate of (laughs) this plate of food is my enemy, and I will consume it. Only one will survive. Now you have a you have a slice of pizza, right? How do you eat it? I fold mine. Wait, before you fold, do you, um, what's your napkin? Uh, do you dab It grease? depends do on you... how it's looking, but generally. You're definitely just... a dabber. 100,000. Oh, God. He's not he... even a dabber. And he's, what's he's wrong like a, with that? He tucks it in with like a duvet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, napkin in my shirt collar first. Want, I bring listening. a fork and knife with me and I proceed to cut it into bite-sized pieces. I, on your, if you are, have any of those dating profiles on there, your first tagline should be, oh I dab my pizza. I dab pizza dabber. <laughs> but Maya likes pepperoni, which... When I'm, they, I'm disappointed that you are also a dabber because I think the pepperonis create a big right? no. It's a pools. straight never, never, never. I don't care if each of those cups looks like a volcano of boiling fat <laughs> liquid. You you are not Where, dabbing. Where's it. Grace? Does Dave not have <laughs> ginormous grease stains on every shirt he owns? Every single shirt. I do. Every single shirt. But that's the price you pay. Yeah. To defeat like, your enemy. Listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna eat that, right? You gotta face your enemy like mano a mano. So when you go to New York, the the entire top portion roof of your mouth is just burnt off. Oh, this is this is what I train for these moments. Yeah, asbestos. Again, this is like every day I eat a little iocane powder. It's like <laughs> I, I mean, the roof of his mouth is just bone now. Yeah, it's <laughs> just there's no more. So no more feeling. Oil, so you guys are dabbing. You guys are dabbers. That's okay. I think that comes do you dab and then put on your though, right? salt or I mean your oregano and whatever else. I'll, I mean, I'll dab a little bit for. First, athlete, I'm trying to like stay, you know. We still enjoy pizza, but we don't indulge all the time. Right. So I mean, but had I known that this balance. was the direction, we wouldn't have gone here. <laughs> oregano, red pepper flakes. And you're dabbing first. 
Yeah, if there's like if it's an Olympic size swimming pool, I grease think what on you, I think sometimes pizza. what you do is you put on your I don't know why your, I'm so defensive. Your, your chili pepper and your parmesan, you know, whatever, yeah. and then you dab. No, I've never seen him do that. What? No, why would I do that? <laughs> why are you defending your brother here? No, what? this is a perfect team, opportunity to throw know? him under the bus. You're, you're like saying I tie my shoes by like putting my leg up on a bench and tying them instead of just like sitting down. Well, you probably do that on your bed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you take the toppings and cheese off and put it onto a cauliflower crust? Of <laughs> no cauliflower crust athlete. for me. You're an athlete. Oh my gosh. Um, we don't get the opportunity to speak to people who actually care about yeah, that. <laughs> Olympic athletes. So, okay. You've dabbed. You've seasoned it to mm -hmm. your liking. You have now are a fold over. Yes. Now let me ask. How do you fold it? You're doing it like that? Yeah. Oh my God. Two hand fold? No, no, no. This is not I an was, origami thing. No, not with two hands. Just with one hand and pinch it. Pinch it from the crust. Now, so. are you putting finger down? Are you like, or are you just folding it like this? Which, like fingers, which fingers are supporting the base of the pizza? Yeah. I feel like it's my pinky uh -huh. and my ring finger on you're, the right hand. You're using your, so your use this index like, finger use and your this thumb like you to have the back each crust side. of the pizza, the okay. mariachi. Okay. <laughs> uh, I feel like maybe I'll use my second hand to help support, mm. and then it's like this. Mm. I'm giving you a poor score here. What? What other way is there? Two hands? Folding it well, the like reason back why like I did this, this yeah, and I was, then putting it you in You know, I remember watching you, but I don't remember. So this is actually, I've actually only one finger on top. I'm a one finger on top, thumb, and three fingers on the bottom. For guy. the listener, um, Chris Ying is using <laughs> our amazing Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders who inspire us all children's book as a pizza <laughs> holding demonstration. It's multi-purpose. I'm using right. now the Yokumoku packaging. Right. Okay. So you now you're going like this. Yeah. Two finger, two hands. Yeah. To we start before I fold. <sighs> You have to break the center, right? You have to crack How the center of the How crust. How do you do it? How do you eat your slice of pizza? Okay, so I will go like this. For those who are watching. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Or on a plus side, ambidextrous. Like <laughs> I can use both of my hands to, wait, so How you do just you do, do one hand? So you, so you pick it up like this and you just go like that with thumb and He's forefinger? Actually, he actually, Yes, I agree with him that pizza is a one-handed food, but in your defense, Dave eats a lot of things that other people eat with two hands with one hand. <laughs> now, this is my slice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a it's like this. We've talked about you. But you're using your it. second hand. No, to, no, no, because I'm only the... doing it to show you because it's a piece of paper, not okay. a slice of pizza. <laughs> I, stand, I stand corrected. All right. So like, you know, first you gotta angle the you know, you gotta get it right, and then you do the the, the index finger. Pointing finger. What is this called? That's the pointer finger. Pointer finger down like this. But mm. now you have an angle at like, you know, yay mm -hmm. so like this. And then you got to do the flip. The flip? The amount of scalding hot grease that is hit patrons at the shops because you flip it. Yeah, the flip because it the, sags the, the down. Point, right, 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 right. The apex of the pizza will begin to droop. So you got to fight <laughs> gravity by going okay. whoop. But it's only going to hold that position for, for a few seconds. For a few right. seconds. So small window. Mm -hmm. And that's directly, you got to go whoop into the mouth. <laughs> and so he makes fold, that. Flip into the mouth. All one hand. See, like, what's and you make that sound is? every time you eat pizza too. You go whoop. If I do, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking. My favorite part is. 
that these are these are physics considerations they have to make like on the ice with human bodies moving quickly through space and time. And we're just like, and the pizza, you see, you guys don't understand physics. See, the pizza different, has to be flipped up quickly. Just art is different for everyone. Your this art, art is... This is not art. Dave, I'll try war. it, and when I send you a photo where there are toppings on the wall, then I'll just be like, thanks <laughs> it's for It's not like help. a violent flip. It's just, you know what he's saying? It's like, it's, it'll go like this, and to, to get it as part of the fold, you right. gotta come up, you know? Crows. And do you stand, you walk, do you leave the, the pizza place and eat it, or do you, like, do you walk and eat pizza? In Japan, you can't walk around and oh, eat it. Oh, I do. Oh, you do, of course you do. <laughs> I do. For I didn't sure. mean that. Say that passive aggressively. Oh, just... I do. Um, <laughs> do you guys want to revise the bio of David <laughs> to include pizza eating? I'm not sure you want to Fiend. change things up. <laughs> I'm just Chris. Who would you say has the better eating style? I mean, it's okay. You can say him. You have to do. No, 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 no. I'm thinking. I'm thinking seriously about it because, I mean, I don't. This is a thing I learned from Dave. I don't want to just dismiss a dumb idea like eating pizza with two hands. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. Two hands. I mean, if you need a tarantula, you might as well use a knife and fork. Maybe there's something to it. No, I don't think so. That's crazy yeah. talk. Two hands crazy. That's what, crazy. How do you feel about pan just pizza? Just to start? Love pan pizza. Mm. Okay. That's still, even deep dish pizza is a one-handed proposition. I'd say deep dish, sure, one hand because of how structured it is, but with just a slice. We're not saying you're using both. No, but even the, the even the act just to start to initiate it. it with two hands, you know. So are you uh, at the free free throw line? You know, the equivalent of what you're doing with the equivalent. Kind of guy? I'm just left for the audience. <laughs> Is that you, Dave? No, the equivalent of what you guys are doing for the audience to understand, right? Even though they're what I'm gonna, giving as analogy seems completely fucking ridiculous, but it is actually pretty uh, accurate. You curse. That's like I know. Yeah, it doesn't matter at this point. I have to fucking curse. <laughs> so Hugo. <laughs> you guys are driving with two feet but not in a manual car. What about golf? <laughs> what about golf? You're driving, Your swing, would you're you driving, just do No, one I'm hand? saying as an example, what you were doing for pizza eating. <laughs> you're doing <laughs> a one-handed job with two Yeah, hands. you're driving, yeah, you're driving with your left foot on the brake and your right foot on the accelerator simultaneously. <laughs> and you're not an F1 racer. <laughs> Listeners, ridiculous. please feel free to let me know if you happen to eat pizza with two hands to start, to so start. So like that, listen, back who me up. eats pizza with two hands? Yeah, if anybody's out there who eats pizza, there's an overlap with people. At the start, not the whole time. Even the start, even the start. (laughs) Even at the start, not the whole time. I just, it's just a little handicap I do at the beginning to get me going. I mean, we didn't come on here to debate. We came on here to to learn. And so we accept that there are alternative ways. And um, listeners, if you do stand with us, I think we need to do a revision in this book. What's this a, is the true Asian American Pacific Islander way of eating pizza. Mm-hmm. The one-handed index down flip. Mm-hmm. With the sound effect. Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's your first book, your children's picture book. Whoop. The the pizza mm. eating guide Whoop. to pizza. <laughs> Whoop. inspire the Whoop next the generation to do eater. it correctly. Yeah. Um, so you guys are gonna be on tour for this book? We are. Coming up, um, we're going to Honolulu, uh, and then we'll be in LA at the Grove. Uh, so Barnes and Noble in Honolulu at Ala Moana on the eighth. eighth, and then on the fifteenth we'll be at the Grove in Los Angeles. And, and then on a release day, we'll be in New York City. So April eighteenth, you and me books in Chinatown. Very cool. Nice. I'm super excited for my kids to see this. 
I do not want my kids to see you guys eat pizza. Though. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> that's that. Okay. That's okay. I don't know. I want to expose them to media from people <laughs> like this. <laughs> uh, no, but thank you for making this book and thanks for coming on to talk about it with us. Oh, thanks for having us. Uh, we should probably, you know, it would be I funny. Hmm. We, should show, we should show them how to fucking ice skate. <laughs> yeah, we should. We, should, yeah. we See, don't know how. I so. noticed you were doing. <laughs> you guys aren't playing the whoop. <laughs> um, cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thank you to Alex and Maya. Go check out their book, Amazing Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders who inspire us all. They're going to be on tour in Honolulu, Los Angeles, and New York. And, and go buy their book. Support them. Thank you, guys. Give us five stars. And eat pizza my way. The right way. The right way.